Welcome to the Go Forth podcast. I'm Don McCrabb with the United States Catholic Mission Association. Before I turn it over to Ben for this week's witness, I wanted to take a moment to offer a prayer of gratitude. Oh God, we are grateful for the witnesses who make mission come alive every week. We are grateful for our commentators who magnify mission in the Sunday readings. And we are grateful to our listeners who welcome mission into their hearts, into their lives. Thank you, O oh God, for this incredible ministry. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Friends, Christmas is a time for giving. Please give a gift of mission. Give to our Go Forth ministry. The link is in the show notes. You can always give through the USCMA website on our donate page. Together, we are building a new future for mission, taking the good news to the ends of the earth. Thank you and God bless you and your families in this holiday season. Now to Bend and our witness. Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting podcast of the Go Forth program. I am your host, Ben O'Young, and with me today, I have Mr. Lonnie Ellis with the In Solidarity program. Hey, Lonnie, how are you? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Mr. Ellis, could you please lead us in a opening prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, you call us to testify to the light. You are the light. We are not. Help us to get out of the way and simply hold up a mirror for your radiant light to shine forth. Give us the strength to do this. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lonnie. So for our listening audience, could you please share what the In Solidarity program is all about? Sure. I started In Solidarity seven years ago, and we work behind the scenes to help our great social mission in the church reach the, the public arena, reach into secular media. We can't be afraid of this particular mission field, secular media and the really the whole arena where people are engaging priorities and values, politics even. The church needs to be there. We, we have our great social teaching and we need more people to, to hear about it. So we work behind the scenes in communications and advocacy to help religious orders oftentimes, dioceses who don't have a, a lot of communication staff, we help them to get the message out. We put on events, put on different communications, and it's it's great. It's, it's the most fun I've, I've had in, in a long time. I've been doing it for seven years and focus a lot on Ladato C right now, and it's it's been a blessing. So the bottom line is you guys, like you said, are behind the scenes mm -hmm. trying to promote the Catholic Church, yeah, and different aspects of it. Yeah, in the in the most unlikely mission field of all, which is secular media and politics. I mean, recently I helped a few bishops that we partner with visit the White House and have a meeting on climate change after Pope Francis released this amazing document. Has been such a a great voice for the world on the moral obligation to to counteract climate change and the, the vulnerable people who are suffering because of it. And we wanted to bring that message to the White House as, as they 
decide in this big international gathering, COP28 in Dubai, how, how serious are we going to be to create a safer and healthier future for, for everyone in addressing climate change? So three amazing bishops and, and sister Carol Zinn, head of LCWR, and myself, we, we had a great meeting at the White House. So this kind of behind the scenes, helping facilitate church leaders engaging in advocacy and the media. That's what my organization does. So Lonnie, I'm sitting here, a big guy, and I'm thinking, you're going in the lion's den. You're going in. <laughs> you're right. going in with people who are mm-hmm. lost and trying to help others get lost. And <laughs> how, how did you get your ideas into to really pursue this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe this is where I live now either. This is my job. This is incredible. Taking one step back. I started in solidarity seven years ago after having an amazing experience when Laudato Si came out. And there we, we were, I was with Catholic Climate Covenant at the time, who's actually still my fiscal sponsor. We still work closely together. But helping bishops and sisters and priests communicate about the, the moral responsibility to care for our common home, like just doing, I was just like, this is fantastic. I love this. Just like working behind the scenes to create media events and different plans. So that's when I was like, well, and I could do this for other issues as well. And I've done it around immigration, poverty, healthcare. It, it's been great. So that's taken one step back. If I take a, a number more steps back. So I'm from a farm in Minnesota and I grew up in poverty. We were below the federal poverty line, youngest of eight kids. I got into a lot of trouble as a kid and mm-hmm. got into a lot of fights. I just didn't feel like my life was worth very much. And I just was self-destructive in a lot of different ways. And at one point I was in a really bad fight and I won't get into the gory details, but my friends hurt some people really badly. And I was charged and my friends were charged with three felonies. And wow, that was quite a wake up call. Mm. And I needed to wrestle with my own self more than just trying to avoid like my life being change completely from some kind of felony conviction i needed to wrestle with who i was to to stand by and watch there i could have done something and i wanted to be a different kind of person who would have stepped in and protected who was vulnerable see i was always jumping into these fights to kind of protect my friends and i do think like being a protector is actually somehow uh, i'm wired for that and but i should have been protecting those kids who were vulnerable who were getting beaten up by my friends mm. so through this experience though it was just i remember walking around the farm late at night looking up at the stars after the the felony charges and just questioning what i was going to be doing with myself and i didn't bargain with god about like oh if you can you know get me out of this situation that i for some reason i had i think a, a much more healthy and powerful orientation towards it. And I said, God, like, I don't know if you want me for anything. I, I'm not like a great person, but if you want me, I'm yours. I'll do whatever you want with my life. And I have found that God takes that seriously, even when I don't and continue to try to place my life in God's hands. So I'm going to go back to these Felony charges, obviously very scary thing to encounter, also scary for the victims of this this violence. 
But what we were able to do, because the a family, uh, the amazing Melius family in, in Winthrop, Minnesota, felt like, you know, these kids, these, these young guys who came to our town, like, their lives shouldn't be ruined. Is there something we can do? And someone said to them, hey, I heard there's a pilot program in our county, restorative something or other. It was, it was amazing. So there my, my mom said, hey, the family of, of the guy who, who almost died in that fight, they want to they do something different. They want to meet you, Lonnie. And it was so shocking. But we went down this path then of restorative justice. We got in a room together. That's how you would want it done if you were, it was your kid, right? To actually get in a room, let the Holy Spirit work, let some encounters happen. And, you know, not everyone, you know, experienced transformation and reconciliation, but I did. I stood up and took responsibility for things. I wanted to, you know, really become a different person and, and challenge myself and was challenged by those encounters. And it was amazing. Surrender as much as I can. And, and this is like the great mission I feel like I have from God now is to bring the church's great priorities, and especially Jesus's priorities, his teachings, his actions in the world, bringing that into the public arena and influencing our common life together, including policy, including in politics. That's where we need to be. And I, I feel like it's a great gift that I can serve that role. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. God was working on you. God, God was working mm-hmm. on you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Lonnie, you, you, you kind of had to hit rock bottom before right. you realized, hey, we need to turn to the Lord. And, and trust me, I've, I've had those experiences too where, again, God's working on you, and because of the difficulties, my wife would always say, sometimes God gives us gifts and ugly wrappings. You had a mm. gift and an ugly wrapping, and it helped you out in the long run to fight right, to fight for the church. Right. Yeah. I mean, we can just be on autopilot until something wakes us up. And what could get our attention more than some suffering, some real adversity and challenges? Unfortunately, we, we seem to need that or else we just go and kind of sleepwalk through life. Right. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, you had a wake up call. You surrendered all to the Lord. And then you went to college and boom, you started really addressing issues with Catholic social teaching, correct? Yeah, I mean, you know, winding journey and everything. I had one thing going for me as a fighter is I could smash people on the football field. (laughs) So I got into some good opportunities with college through football. And then I actually left the football team to find better groups of people to, to be with, frankly. Starting to think about this life of service that I secretly now have it had accepted it took me a while to to learn to be public about this this mission from god that i feel like i'm i'm living right now but of course i found it in some different ways and it's it's been beautiful started working for a parish for the first time i think it was about 17 18 years ago in minnesota and it was so great as the the director of social justice ministry for Catholic Parish in St. Paul, St. Thomas More. And so all these experiences have led you finally to do and establish in solidarity. And yeah. part of me is thinking, 
wow, Lonnie, you took a real risk. You you started your own business. Right. Um, yeah. And how did that come about that you just said, you know what, I got to focus in mm-hmm. and start this. And how did you get the title too, which is also so interesting? Yeah, starting this, I just feel that there are foundations and individuals who would support this. It, it was bold and for a long time, we, we just run on donations and grants and the uh, as a nonprofit we kind of aid at, at the service of dioceses and religious orders but it is fundamentally a nonprofit where we co-create the plan of how we can share the good news of the church's social mission mm-hmm. and so for a while it was really hard to to raise money but I, I took the leap anyways i don't know i've taken a number of leaps like this ben uh it stresses my wife out, but we're doing okay. We're doing great. So seven years strong and the support is, is there, uh, especially religious orders have been fantastic. So you asked about the name in solidarity. And I, I just feel like that is, is everything. Solidarity is everything. God through Christ enters into solidarity with humanity. And then our solidarity with one another, especially people on the margins, transforms us and transforms systems and laws and cultural attitudes. And obviously USCMA folks, you know, know this very well. Being on mission is about authentically encountering one another and being willing to be changed by those encounters. And so solidarity is living from a rootedness in encounters across race and class and culture. Solidarity is a conviction to act based on encounters and relationships. For me, I spent a year in India on, on mission in, in a way, uh, serving in a village, teaching English and geography to, to Buddhist nuns. Really, it's these encounters and solidarity that I think changes everything. It would change our politics. It would change you know, the way we, we live in our neighborhoods. So that's what I need to call my organization is uh, for all to come out of solidarity and finding ways to communicate our solidarity and and live in that solidarity with one another. Mm, 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 mm. So this is awesome. Again, not only you surrender all, you trust it all. You trust it all in the Lord mm-hmm. and he's hooked you up. This reminds me of the Sunday readings and it's the third yeah. Sunday in Advent. And could you please share a little bit about how the Sunday readings have magnified your call to mission? Yeah, I mean, they are just really powerful. So the the reading from Isaiah, it's the one that Jesus uses. He chooses this when he's handed the scroll. Placing ourselves in this moment again, right, is like Jesus is ready to start his ministry. He's ready to go public. And so what he's about to say is going to be his priority. It's going to say everything about what he feels his mission in the world is. And he says he is sent to bring good news to the poor. Now, I mean, today we would say, oh, not prioritizing the poor. Okay, okay, Jesus, now that's that's sounding political. I don't know. Like, it is so powerful that he goes there. And we have to wrestle with that as, as Christians in the richest country in the history of the world. What does it mean to bring good news to the poor? And, and why that should be our priority. Pope Francis says it again and again, to be a poor church for the poor. And if we could orient our lives, orient Christianity in that direction, it would be such a powerful force for the gospel, 
for our own souls because there's something so life-giving about that for our own souls to be oriented towards bringing good news to the poor as as your listeners know and all the amazing things that they do so that's everything right there that's the priority Mm, yeah and not only listen to the poor you also must have given some tremendous hope to different organizations like i shared earlier about we are surrounded by lions and yet poof there comes in solidarity ready to give a new hope a new life for Uh like a different organization when I talk to different priests and sisters and, and other folks, they, and I'm saying, okay, we're going to do an interview with the secular media outlet. And they're scared often. And, you know, we see what, how the media covers the church in a lot of different ways, right? And there's a lot of, they want to shine light on some really dark stuff that the church has been a part of, understandable. They also want to elevate conflict it's not interesting if there's not like some bloodshed in a way, if there's not some, some kind of tension, some kind of conflict. All right. But when we do an event where the church is convening a dialogue, let's say, you know, in Davenport, Iowa, we did a, a number of dialogues with business leaders and faith leaders coming together. And, and we open it to the press. Um, we're trying to find this common ground. And that's a lot of what I think the church can do is foster dialogue, convene unlikely conversation partners together and say, we can find some solutions here. I bet we, I bet that we have more in common than, than we think. We're, we're told so often that we're, we're divided. We're pitted against each other in this world. Well, the, I think the church has a different kind of message and we can actually help create a new reality where we are focused on our common ground. So when we do this the media is our friend actually like they they help get the word out and they see us doing something good and positive we we do not get like when i put a a bishop or a sister into an interview they do not get a bunch of cross-examination and pushback and it is friendly they see that the church is doing something positive in the world we do not have to be afraid of the media bullseye my friend it's awesome to hear so many people have so, misunder- so many misunderstandings and mm-hmm. misconceptions of the church. And when they find out that the church is the army for the poor, mm. it, it's like an, a mm-hmm. game changer for them. They, they realize, mm-hmm. man, they, they can partner with the church and make a positive difference in this crazy world of ours. And yeah. that's, that's your job. Yeah. That's what you're doing. That's my job. So, um, if, if it's if the word isn't getting spread, you can blame me, I guess. No, I mean, <laughs> it, no. there's just so many opportunities to share this message every day. You know the media is going to cover when we screw up with sexual abuse or when we are rigid. We're, they're going to show us in some light. We're going to be in the media in some way. If we, don't, if we don't have some positive stories alongside of that, then so hopeless. And what an amazing story we have to tell that how many Americans know that one in six hospital beds are run by Catholic institutions, that mm-hmm. we Catholics helped make healthcare what it was in this country because we went to the margins and we took care of people, our schools, our charities. We have so much to be proud of. S- such an amazing story to tell. Can't be afraid of telling it. Mm. 
Yeah, we got the good news. That's right. Amen. We got the good news. Let us go forth and tell the good news. And that's the the platform that In Solidarity has, an opportunity mm-hmm. to tell those who are either clueless, blind, have different biases or hidden stereotypes that they think they have, and you kind of blast those out of the water. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, thanks. You know, another bit of the readings for today is John the Baptist saying he testifies to the light, right? And Jesus is the light, and we can get all kinds of distractions, uh, even in our faith world. That's it's not quite the light. The guiding light is Jesus, and the teachings and actions of Jesus can be our guiding light for for how we live that faith. Christ became incarnate in the world, and he chose to teach us things about how to live. He didn't say, you know, here's a list of things to believe. He said, we, ha- we have to live it, and so here's how, how to live in the world. The early Christians called themselves followers of the way because they were living a way of life. And, and that's what everyone on mission is, is attempting to do, to live our way into, into the belief, into the understanding. And, <clears throat> and we need to share that with the world. Wow. Do you have a job to do? <laughs> you certainly do have a job to do. Amen. Yeah. I feel like I can't leave out Thessalonians from the scripture for today too. I mean, to pray without ceasing, that's our life. And how could we do that? I mean, because we have to sleep, we have to eat. Like, how, how do you pray without ceasing? It's like, it's by acting. It's by living it out. Mm-hmm. And we should have a lot of different ways of touchstones throughout the day for how to keep praying and integrating action and prayer, action and prayer. What a beautiful life and so joyful to do live as mindfully through the world as possible praying without ceasing acting every bit of our prayer in the in the world as as we can it's a beautiful life yeah as i said you're in the lion's den but also man you're you're right in the mission field you get Mm. to see changes with people in just one interview Mm -hmm. and just one meeting you get Mm to sometimes we in the mission field are like we're just waiting for the opportunity to talk to someone, right? Mm, and share the mm. good news. But in your job, it comes right to you. <laughs> <laughs> you. You got your battle gear on right away. Uh-huh. Yeah. There are so many threats to life and to well-being and to you know, vulnerable people. It does sometimes feel like a war zone. I was you know, doing some media work in Detroit where asthma rates among children are so high, the, the soot pollution, particularly like these little particles that lodge into our lung tissue in, in Detroit are, are very high. And cancer rates in different neighborhoods where this pollution gets dumped, you know, mostly communities of color. And it, it can feel very hopeless. So if I can come there and to work with the people who are on the ground doing amazing things, like Detroiters working for environmental justice and the church teaming up together to say, hey, let's raise the alarm here. There's some things we can do. Here's something that the Environmental Protection Agency can do right now to protect the health of these people. And we actually roped in a congressman. And so we had a great Jesuit priest, Father Lawrence Snow, 
and we had and a number of other leaders, some great Dominican sisters and, and CSJs, and they helped bring this message out. And we got great news coverage on CBS TV and different, different things. It's fantastic. And creating a moment for the moral message to shine forth, looking at some particular issues, right? You have to, you, you gotta get particular about things or else it's not as interesting. So we look at these people in this situation, what they're already doing, fighting for changes to be made and the church teaming up with environmental justice organizations to sound that alarm. It worked really well. Uh, and I think some, some changes have been made uh, from the, the EPA getting stronger. And we can talk about you know policy sometime, but the, the message also shined forth in, in that situation. Wow. What, a, what an excellent example. Thank you so much, Lonnie, for sharing. Again, an opportunity where the church is in the world, but not necessarily of the world, but helping others mm-hmm. in the world to see a little bit of Christ's love and to be able to help others. Nice, nice combination. Yeah, absolutely. In the world, again, like why does Jesus put so many of his teachings and, and parables to focus on how we are to live in the world? And in the kingdom of God is supposed to take root in this world, break forth into this world. Thy kingdom come. It, the kingdom is coming here and we get to be a, some small part of helping God's reign, God's values take root in the world. We, we need to get the location right. And it's not just some kind of evacuation plan where we're supposed to live holy and separate from the world so that someday, hopefully we get evacuated from the world. That's not the Christian path. Mm-hmm. That's not what Jesus yeah. is talking about. And people in the mission field understand that and they live that so beautifully. I'm, I'm just happy to be able to, to speak to some of them today. Absolutely. Yes. And, and I really thank you for your sharing and you're giving me new insights too, as we try to open up different opportunities to talk to those who don't know the Catholic faith or put walls against it. We got to knock those walls down. Before I let you go, Lonnie, is there anything else you want to share to our listening audience or any advice you have for our listening audience as they may be interested in helping in the mission field like you are with In Solidarity? Yeah, I've already shared about not being afraid to to get out there and communicate to through the media, through social media, of course, but you know, I work mostly with traditional media. And if there's a way that my nonprofit could could help set up some events or communicate around protecting the environment, protecting the poor, working for workers' rights, let me know. But the, the other thing I would say is we can't just sound like every other organization that's kind of advocating on these issues. We will be so much more effective if we can have our message rooted in a moral truth about in the way of the environment, we talk about things like every child deserves to breathe clean air and drink clean water. We have this moral duty, moral convictions around creating a healthier, safer world for our children. We want to do right by our children. So bringing in the, the moral frame as we communicate about these things, A, it's more effective, frankly, than just sounding 
bland policy ideas or talking like like secular people we we reach you know that deep conviction for people like yeah about the rightness and wrongness of things but furthermore we get to spread the gospel even if we do it tangentially because the secular media doesn't want to just like hear us spouting off about our love of jesus but we get to communicate it we get to pray without ceasing we get to preach the gospel at all times using words if necessary Mm, yes that that franciscan blood in you big guy so uh (laughs) and and again for our listening audience uh, Trent Horn uh, in Catholic Answers also talks about is find common ground with people. Yeah. And that's what you're doing. You're finding common ground with people. And then, voila, you have something in common. And then, hey, have I got another gift for you? And that's the gospel. Pretty cool. Amen. Yes. Well, again, Lonnie, thank you so much for sharing. And in our show notes, we'll have pictures of you in action as well as opportunities for our listening audience to not only learn more about in solidarity but also to pray for in solidarity as well as to possibly contribute as again this organization is knocking down barriers and walls where people are put up that don't know a lot about the church but once it's knocked down hallelujah doors can open for the church as well amen amen thanks again lonnie for your time really appreciate it and Again, may your ministry continue to grow and develop. Amen. Thanks, Thanks, Ben. It's been so much fun. Amen. And let us all go forth and spread the good news. Thank you for listening to the Go Forth podcast. Give the gift of mission this Christmas. The link is in our show notes. You can also donate through our website, uscatholicmission.org. Your gift provides the vital resources we need to keep Go Forth going. Thanks to OCP for permission to use Go Out, Go Out by Curtis Stephan. We are grateful to the USCMA board, the Catholic Communications Campaign, and all those amazing people who support this ministry, like you. As we love to say, wherever you are and whatever you do, God has a mission just for you. Thank you, and God bless you. Steadfast is his kindest wall.